The Mishnah's list of different items and how much of them one needs to carry out on Shabbos to be chayev continues. And it's worth remembering the major rule that if an item has a common use and an uncommon use, then the amount to be chayev for is based on the common use. However, if it has, let's say, two common uses, then we are strict and we based it on the smaller amount that you would be chayev even for carrying that smaller amount on Shabbos. Now, the unique thing about our mission over here is that there is no minimum amount, because even a tiny amount is considered significant, we're going to see for different reasons, and therefore, however much you take out, you would be chayev. Pilpeles, a type of spice similar to pepper, which some people would put in their mouth for nice breath, it would smell nice, and even a tiny amount would work. So culture here, if one takes out a tiny amount, it would be chayev. The itron, tar, this was somehow used to cure migraines and headaches. And again, even a tiny amount would work. So culture who, one would be chayev for any amount. Minivasomim, different types of spices which were used for their smell. Not to add to food, but for their smell. So any spice smells. You don't need a lot of it to produce the smell. Umine matres, different types of metal. Even if you carry out the tiniest piece of metal, you would be chayev because this can be stuck at the end of a long stick, which was used to prod animals to make them go along, to make them continue walking. So again, kolshein, he would be chayev for carrying out any amount. If somebody carries out any part of a stone of the mizbeach, or from the earth at the bottom of the mizbeach, Mekhexaphorim, the rotting part of scrolls containing holy words, or Torah scrolls, or Mekhexaphorim, or the rotting part of the covers of the Sifrei Torah, or the other holy sforim, Kol Shehain, any amount which you carry out, Shematzin Oysan Legonzon, since one is obligated to hide and put away these scrolls in Geniza, a special area designated to put old sephorim there, instead of throwing them away. And since this obligation applies to any tiny amount of the sephorim, that means that there is significance in even a tiny amount. And one would therefore be chayef for carrying even a tiny amount. Now we learned in Perek Zion that something which is not fitting to be kept, for example, Avodah Zarah, idolatry must be destroyed, something like that, we view it as if it doesn't exist, and therefore, if one were to carry out idolatry on Shabbos, he wouldn't be chayv, because it's like he took out nothing. However, Rabbi Yehuda argues with that. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda says, Even one who carries out something which serves idolatry, and therefore must also be destroyed, if he carries out any amount of it, he's chayv. Rabbi Yehuda is very strict compared to the other Tana. Shenem, as the Pazuk says, Nothing from the Chirem, which in that context refers to idolatry. None of that will stick in your hands, meaning it's forbidden to benefit from any other desire, which means that any other desire has significance, and one would therefore be liable for carrying out any amount of other desire on Shabbos. Mishnah Zion, Hamaitzi Kubasarechli, one who carries out a box which was used by peddlers, and this box contained lots of different sections in which they would put different spices and different items in each of the sections. Even though it has lots of different types of things in the boxes, he is only one carbon chatos for carrying this thing out. That's the punishment for violating Shabbos by mistake. If he did it on purpose, it would be put to death. But the point of the mission is to tell us that he has only done one Avera. Even though there might be different things in each box when he carries it out, it's all considered part of the same thing. And therefore, only one act of an Avera, for which you would therefore be chayev, only one korban chatos. Zerone gino, garden seeds. And we're going to understand the Mishnah to be referring to edible garden seeds. 
And we learned already two prokim ago, the one who carries out any edible food, the amount to be chayev is the size of a dried fig. However, when it comes to these garden seeds, there is another common use, and that is to plant them. And the amount for planting is less than for eating. It's less than a dried fig. And since they are both common uses, we go with the stricter one, the smaller amount. So pochs mekagrigeres, one would be chayev for carrying out slightly less than a dried fig, the size of a dried fig. It is close to that amount, but slightly less. Now, Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira is even more strict. Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira, Omer, Chamisha, even if you only take out five garden seeds, that's already considered significant. It's a group of seeds. And one would be liable for just that small amount. Continues the Mishnah, according to everybody, Zerakeshuin, seeds of cucumbers, Shnayim, even if you only take out two of them, you're already Chayev. Similarly, Zeradeluim, seeds of gourds, Shnayim, also two, Zeradpolamitri, seeds of an Egyptian bean, Shnayim, again, if you take out only two of them, you're already Chayev, because they are more significant and more valuable than most other seeds. Now the halacha is that although insects may not be eaten, the Torah specifically says that there are certain types of locusts which can be eaten and are kosher. Chagav chaytahar, an alive kosher locust, kol any amount, any size of the locust would already be considered significant, and if one carried it out on Shabbos, he would be chayev. Interestingly, the Gemara explains that this was actually a common pet in those days. Young children would often play with these alive locusts, and keep them as pets. However, it is inferred from this opinion of our Mishnah that only kosher locusts were kept as pets for young children. Because really one should not give a small child a non-kosher locust as a pet, because if it dies while it's playing with it, the child might come to eat the locust, and one is not allowed to allow his children to eat non-kosher. We're going to see the Rabbi Yehuda argues with this at the end of the Mishnah. Be it as it may, says the Mishnah, mace, once the locust is dead, then only if you carry out kagregeres, the size of a dried fig, a locust which is at least that big, only then would you be chayv, because now it is edible and is treated like all other food. Tsipuras karomim, a certain type of bird, which was found in vineyards, bin chayv, bin mesa, whether it is alive or dead, Kol shahi, any amount which you carry out, you would be chayev for because people keep it for healing purposes. And even a tiny amount of it is considered something which can be used for healing. Now, Behuda, Omer Behuda says, and he is arguing on the previous point of the Mishnah about the locust, even one who carries out a non-kosher alive locust, culture who will be chayev for carrying out even a tiny amount, a tiny locust, because it is okay to give a child a non-kosher locust as a pet for him to play with it, and we're not concerned that if it dies, the child will eat it, because usually the child will be too sad to eat it because it was his pet, and he won't come to eating that non-kosher locust. Perek Yud Mishnah Aleph, the following Mishnah brings a very important exception to the last two and a half prokem, where we have listed the amounts for which one is chayev for carrying out each item. And the truth is, right at the beginning of this list, in Perek Zion, we did reference this exception, but now the Mishnah explains it in more detail. And the key word here is hamatsnia, one who keeps and stores an item for a specific use. For example, if somebody designated and stored something lazera in order to plant it, or oledugma, as an example to show to people, let's say he's selling things, he wants to show an example to people, so he might show a very small example, or valerifua, if he designates something to be used for healing purposes. So after designating that thing for a specific use, he 
he is now given significance to that thing. And therefore, if he takes that out on Shabbos, he is liable, regardless of how much he designated and took out, even if, let's say, he set aside only a tiny amount, let's say one seed, or two seeds, and he took those two seeds out, since he gave significance to them, he would be liable for carrying those out on Shabbos. And this principle is known as Achshavei, where he gives importance and significance to a particular item. Nevertheless, says the Mishnah, interestingly, V'chol Odom, all other people, in Chayev Olov Elokishi If somebody else were to carry that item which he designated, they would only be chayev if it is the regular amount which we have discussed in the last two and a half parakim. The fact that he lends significance to these items has no effect on other people, and for somebody else to be chayev for carrying those things out, they would have to carry out the regular amount for that particular item. Now this principle of Achshavei is talking about where he designated that thing for a specific purpose before Shabbos came in. Now what happens if, let's say, he did that, and then he carried out the seed into Erosh and as the Mishnah says, he is Chayev for that. What happens if once he took it out into Erosh Hasharabim, Chozar, he changed his mind, he decided, you know what, this seed have actually changed my mind, I don't want to plant this seed, I want to use it for its regular use, let's say I want to eat it, or I only want to plant it in a group of other seeds as I would regularly do. And then after he changed his mind, he brought it back into Erosh Hasharabim. Well now, there's no principle of Achshave anymore, because he doesn't hold of this as significant anymore. And therefore, he reverts to being like every other person in a chayv elokishi urei. He would only be liable if he carries out the regular amount which the Mishnahis have listed in the last two and a half parakim, because this is no longer considered extra significant for him. Now, this Mishnah was really the last Mishnah in the Masechta which discusses the various amounts for which one is chayv for carrying out on Shabbos. However, the Masechta does now continue with this malacha of Hitzah, of carrying something from one domain into another on Shabbos. Now, we learned in the first Mishnah of the Masechta that in order to be liable, in order to be chayev for carrying from, let's say, Ereshus HaYochid into Ereshus HaRabim on Shabbos, or the opposite, from Ereshus HaRabim into Ereshus HaYochid, one has to lift it up, he has to do an Akira in one of the domains. Then the second thing is a Shinoi Roshus, changing the domain, moving it across into the new domain, and the third thing is a Hanacha, putting it down in the new domain. Again, Akira, then Shinri Shus, then Hanacha. We also mentioned in the introduction to the Masechta that although Midoraisa, anything which does not meet the conditions of Ereshus HaYochid or Ereshus HaRabim, is considered a Mokim Patur, an exempt area into which one is allowed to carry, Midirabonon, there is a fourth type of domain known as a Carmelis, which is something which has certain characteristics which are similar either to Eirush or Eirush or it's similar to both of them. And an example of a Carmelis would be a raised platform, which is at least 4 by 4 Tfachem, but it is less than 10 Tfachem high. So if it was 10 Tfachem high, it would be Eirush So too, if, let's say, the platform was in Eirush and it was less than 3 Tfachem high, in that case, it would be part of the Rosh Hasharabim. However, if the platform is in between 3 and 9 Tfachim, then it's not considered part of the Rosh Hasharabim, but it's also not considered the Rosh Hasharabim. However, since it is 4 by 4 Tfachim, this would be considered a Carmelis, and it is Midrabonon forbidden to carry from a Rosh Hasharabim into a Carmelis, or vice versa and also from Erosh Sayochid into a Carmelis, and vice versa. So the mission says, HaMoitzei one who carries out food from Erosh Sayochid into Erosh Sarabim. However, before putting it down in the Erosh Sarabim, Unusonon al Kupa, he put it down on the Eskupa, 
which is this sort of platform which is between three and nine Tfachim, and is therefore considered a Carmelis. And the truth is, we're even discussing a case where he didn't put down the food, but he just stopped walking and he stood there on this platform that is also considered to be like a Hanacha. Says the Mishnah, Ben Shechazavaitzion, Ben Shechazion Acher, whether he went back and took it out into the Sarabim, or whether somebody else took it out into the Sarabim, Potter, he is exempt. Now, certainly, if somebody else does the second half of the Malacha, they'll be exempt. But even if you then take it into the Sarabim, so you did an Akira in one Rishus, then a Shinu Rishus, and then a Hanacha in the new Rishus. But the Mishnah says, Potter, you're exempt. Why is that? The answer is. Because in the middle of all of this, there was a Hanukkah in a Carmelis. And one cannot be chayv from for carrying into or from a Carmelis, because it's only forbidden with Rabbanon. So here, this person did two things which are forbidden with Rabbanon. But he did nothing which is forbidden with Araisa. The first thing he did was take from a Shayachid into a Carmelis. That's one prohibition with Rabbanon. The second thing, taking from a Carmelis into a Shasarabim. Another thing forbidden with Rabbanon. But says the Mishnah, Since he did not do this malacha of carrying from a Shayachid into a Shasarabim in one go, he is not liable, he is not chayev, because he just did two Midrabanons. And the last half of the mission discusses a platform which is less than three Tfachim high, and therefore if the platform is in the Rosh Sarabim, it is considered part of the Rosh Sarabim. And the Mishnah says, Kupo If somebody has a box which is full of produce, and after taking it out of the Rosh Hayachid, he places it straight away onto the outer Iskupa, this outer platform which is part of the Rosh Hayachid. So if the entire basket is placed on the platform, then he would be Chayev, because he has taken it out from Rosh Hayachid straight onto Rosh Hayachid. But says the Mishnah, Even if the majority of the produce is outside, in the Rosh Hashanah, on the platform, if any part of the basket is not on the platform, rather it's still over the Rosh Hashanah, says the Mishnah, Potter, he is exempt at Yetzirah Kalakupa, unless he takes out the entire basket and puts it into Rosh Hashanah in one go. And the reason for this is because the whole nature of the Malacha of Hetzirah is that you are carrying something from this domain into the other domain. If any part of that still remains in the original domain, then you haven't carried it from one domain into another, and so you are exempt. Now the question which is addressed by the Gemara is that this will make sense, and it's all very good when it comes to the basket itself, because part of the basket is still in the Rosh But the produce which is inside of the basket, let's say you've got lots of apples in the basket, so lots of those apples are totally in the Rosh they're not as large as the basket, and lots of those are in the Rosh Hashanah, totally. So would one be chayev for that? So this is a discussion in the Gemara, but according to one opinion, we view this whole thing as one unit. Since it's all contained in the basket, whatever status the basket has, it is the same for the fruit. The fruit are really considered to be part of the basket, and inside of the basket, and all of the things inside the basket are one, and therefore you would be exempt even for the apples which are totally outside in the Rosh Hashanah.